0: Welcome back to Everyone Talks to Liz. I hope that you guys have been finding yourself with a little bit of time to listen to some podcasts, particularly mine, uh, because honestly, every single one of these stories will probably make you feel better about whatever you're going through right now. And let me guess, some of you feel like you're stuck. You can't go out. You can't see friends. You can't see family. It's just the nationwide coronavirus nightmare. Let's call it worldwide. But if you want to really hear about difficulties and not being able to flee, how about being forced to flee? My guest for this week's podcast fled Iran and came to the United States with a one-way ticket when he was just 17 years old. He was only given $750 in his pocket, but he had a huge dream in his heart. And today, He is the CEO of toy giant MGA Entertainment. You may know Bratz Dolls. Okay, that's him. But let me tell you, he's been working tirelessly during this COVID-19 fight to help others because he knows from whence they come. He has been in an equally terrifying situation at a much younger age. I'd like to welcome MGA Entertainment CEO, Isaac Larian. My friend, how are you doing?
1: I'm good Liz. Thank you so much. Hope you and everybody's keeping How safe. How
0: are you keeping safe? Tell me just a little bit of your world and what your daily life is like these days.
1: Well, Liz, you know, I am now sixty six, so I'm officially a senior citizen. <laughs> and I was and I was looking forward to go to movies at half price until this oh. thing
0: happens. So
1: <laughs> so I can't do that. Well, so I am working I'm really now working uh, literally 18, 19 hours a day. Half of it working for MGA, the other half working on this Operation Pac-Man, which is about getting PPE material to frontline hospital workers, doctors, etc. And it became a full-time job. Uh, About 10 people in the company are helping me with that but it's really really growing. Uh so that's what they've been doing.
0: PPE of course for those of you who don't know, personal protective equipment and and you call it operation Pac-Man, of course, you know, a nod nice. to the famous Pac-Man game and you know, this is anything but fun and games. This is incredibly serious. Specifically, what are you doing and how are you doing it for the first responders?
1: Okay, well, we have done a few things. First thing we did, well, let me ba- go back for a second, Liz. When we have offices in China, Hong Kong, uh, all over the world, Europe. So when this uh, epidemic happened in China, we airlifted uh, basically masks and other protection devices to China, believe it or not, from USA, to give to the frontline workers in China. But then, when this uh, it came to USA and other parts of the world, I have some friends in the medical business, a lot of doctors, and uh, they called me uh, frantically asking if we have any more masks or protection products for them. So we basically went on reverse and started importing. We st- set up Operation Pac-Man and started importing, uh, believe it or not, from mm-hmm. China, uh, our masks, uh, protection clothing, goggles, uh, face shields, you name it, and uh, donating freely to uh, hospitals across USA and now UK Uh, we have proudly shipped to over 100 hospitals. As I'm speaking to you now, we have shipped over 210,000 of these products, and we have another 200,000 arriving on Thursday. So we're just getting this into people's hands because, as I'm sure you know, the doctors and nurses are really the heroes in this uh, epidemic because they risk themselves to go to hospitals to take care of people who are infected. And this disease, unfortunately, is a very, very strong. And, uh, and they need to have protection. Yeah. They need to have protection. So we are happy to do that. And yeah. that's what we have done. I have put $5 million of uh, LOL surprise. LOL surprise now is number one selling toy worldwide. I put $5 million of that sales in this business. So, and then, you know, again, uh, Liz talking to doctors and hospitals, especially at UCLA. They asked for something else and we came up with uh, this product called uh, Lev Love. Uh, masks for doctors and patients. I call it Lev. <laughs> Lev in Hebrew means uh, heart, <laughs> right. and my grandson's and my grandson's name is Lev. So I thought it was good Aww. to do that. So uh, so we have made those already. Our design team made those literally in two weeks, and I'm proud to say that over 12 of them right now are at use at UCLA. Uh-huh. They are being shipped now to hospitals in UK for them to use it as well. And soon we're gonna be in mass production. Again, we are donating all these products uh, to hospitals. You've come
0: a long way from having 700 bucks in your pocket in a strange land with a strange language. And I'm sure a lot of fear back then when you left Iran. Maybe your earliest part of your journey to the United States made you somehow realize, and now I'm playing like psychology here, but made you somehow realize that life is too short. You just got to get it done. But let's go back to that time when you arrived in America. What did you think was going to happen in your life? It must have been so fish-out-of-water experience type of feel.
1: Yes, absolutely, Liz. I always and I tell I have grown children, I always tell them, That uh, past experiences make us who Mm -hmm. we are. And instead of playing victim, you always have to look back to look forward. And, uh, you know, uh, growing up in Iran, uh, my father, uh, who was in textile business, went bankrupt. And we had to move to literally the slums of Tehran where we had no running water, no light, etc. I remember doing homework under candlelight. And the water we would get from the gutters uh, in a big well and drink it from wow. there. So I had a tough, tough childhood uh, because not only I uh, going to school, but after school I had to work at my father's shop every day <laughs> since I was eight or nine years old. When I turned... Sixteen, seventeen, uh, and watching a lot of western movies I remember very clearly uh, one of the movies that really got me excited was uh, Easy, Easy Rider <laughs> sure <laughs> and uh, I, I looked at it and said oh my god people are beautiful this is, this is where I want to go so uh, I was insistent And I told my parents, I need to get out. I need to go somewhere else to make a better life. My father was able to borrow about $753, to be exact, and a one-way ticket on a Pan-American airline. And I came to L.A., uh, and, uh, and unlike the movie Easy Rider, there were no blonde or red-headed uh, in the, in the airport to pick me up <laughs> nobody was there. So so make the long story short you know, I moved uh, to uh, I moved to a area in LA called Inglewood. I had a single apartment and uh, when I got that apartment uh literally from the uh, deposit and uh, Everything else, within 30 days, that $753 with food and everything else just went Mm -hmm. away. And uh, I had, I remember I had 25 quarters left in my pocket. And uh, I was a kid, you know, and to be honest with you, if I had a a ticket, I would go back. But uh, I walked all the way from Inglewood down about 11 miles. To Lawndale, and I went to every gas station, every Seven Eleven, every restaurant, everywhere to ask for a job, and I couldn't get anything until about five thirty, six p.m. I arrived at the coffee shop called the Spire's Coffee Shop, and which is still there. Yeah, I way. know. And uh, and I went there, and they said no to me. So uh, you know, I turned around started walking back home, I couldn't even afford a bus ride. I mean, I had 25 quarters left. I guess I could gather RTD, but I wanted to save every penny. And frankly, I remember I was, Liz, I was very hungry and crying walking back. And then a guy who was in the coffee shop came and put his uh, hand on my shoulder, asked me if I was Persian, and I said, yes. And he talked to me in Farsi. He was the chef cooking in the Spires Coffee Shop uh, there. And he was also, I, d- I found out later on, the manager of the chain. So he took me back, gave me liver and onion, which I still go to the <laughs> to eat once in a while. <laughs> I have the taste in my mouth. And uh, he gave me a job as a dishwasher at sixty five an hour and uh, uh, in the graveyard shift from 11 to 7 a.m. And that is how I started, but I always had a big dream. I learned that you need to survive. I learned that uh, not to play a victim, that uh, dream big. and uh, And that's, you know, I was a dishwasher for a while then I was promoted to a waiter. Uh, no, boss boy first, then a waiter. And, uh, you know, I, I went to school at Cal State and they got a civil engineering wow. degree, but worked in restaurants all the time uh, from there. And uh, when the revolution in Iran happened, I went there to take a look, and I found out that I can't, that's not the place for me. So, I came back to America and started a company called Micro Games of America, which was basically selling uh, mail or the giftware. And that's where the name MGA came from. Ah, oh, okay. So, yeah, so now we are the largest privately held toy company in, in the USA. And uh, I think uh, it was my calling always to try to give back. You can't see me. solve thought problems.
0: You can't see me right now, but I do have tears yes. in my eyes, Isaac, because this story touches me very deeply. And I think about you as a sixteen-year-old walking eleven miles and then turning around and crying. But it's it's almost as if that Persian chef, the Persian cook, right was meant to be. I mean, what are the chances in Lawndale, California, that you would run into another Iranian individual? And, you know, this was 1971,
1: right? Yeah, in 1971, there were not, there was not so many Persians here. You're 100% right. Yeah.
0: I, you know, I don't know whether it's it's a, a natural force or, or however people envision God, but it was really something to hear this story. This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clayman. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clayman right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clayman. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, now as you as you get to real success in your in your toy company, you, you guys have a way of capturing the essence of a child and knowing exactly what they look for in a toy. Um, where did you get that ability?
1: Well, that's a very good question, Liz. Again, uh, I go back to my or, origin and beginning. As a poor child, I didn't, never had a toy. The only toy that I had which I made myself from... Uh, old newspapers and a couple of sticks i made a kite uh, which i never forget uh, and i used to fly that on the roof of our house so uh, you know now i've been married to my wife for 36 years and if when you're married to somebody for that long they become especially wives become your anal-
0: analyst <laughs> <laughs>
1: But they don't—they uh, don't charge you officially. <laughs> so, so she has become my analyst, and she says the reason that you're good with children and you're good with uh, toys is that as a child you didn't have one. So you're living your childhood, or or the child within. I think there is some truth to it. I always, always get uh, along with children people who know me and they see me with my children whether it's my grandson or any children they say oh my god you're not the same person anymore you transform
0: your lol dolls these lol surprise dolls were a huge sensation this past holiday season and now are the number one selling toy out there what five billion dollars in annual sales in 2019
1: yes in the retail sales is over five billion dollars i'm proud of my team lol surprise is the number one toy actually for the past three years four years worldwide it's not just usa it's the only toy that has won toy of the year award three times uh, uh, three years in a row and uh, i'm happy to say we also own little tykes so LOL right now is the number one toy brand. And Little Tikes is the number two toy brand. Wow. In the USA. Yeah. So if, can you imagine just uh, from, a, from a guy who washed dishes, in Spire's coffee shop till now? This is what I call the American dream. Company. Yeah.
0: It doesn't just come true, though. You fought for it so hard. And instead of saying, okay. I got it. I'm shutting the door behind me. You are doing what you are doing today, which is helping others. Um, Isaac, I'm not done asking you about your toys. You got the poopsy slime sure. surprise. <laughs> Poopsie <laughs> slime surprise? Come on now. What is that? And and how do you get that to be at least nearly as successful as the LOL doll?
1: Actually, you know, Poopsie Surprise also became a very successful do- uh, toy product line. Uh Not as a successful LOL Surprise, but still did over $800 million in sales. And, uh, you know, I believe in life you got to laugh. So kids are... Uh, <laughs> We are fascinated with poop and unicorns and uh, and rainbows. So we just combined all of them <laughs> and came up with Poopsy Surprise.
0: And eight hundred million dollars later, it's just a rock star of a toy. Of so, tell me, tell me now, as you look at the landscape of this nation and, quite frankly, the world where manufacturing in many places is ground to a halt. People aren't leaving their homes. What do you foresee for the future of manufacturing in America?
1: I think the manufacturing in America is going to definitely increase because people do not want to be so reliant on China. I have to tell you, I am disappointed in, uh, because when you look at the N95 mm-hmm. mask, it costs 60 cents to make yeah. them. And now people are gouging these, one mask for 5, $5. fifty, six dollars dollars So, uh, and even from China, I mean they, these, I used to pay for these 60 cents. Now for good quality, I have to pay over $2.20. And I'm bringing them to give to charity. So I think people in America are gonna come together mm-hmm and they will bring a lot of manufacturing back here. Unfortunately, Liz, one of the problem is that we do not have a good labor uh, uh, force here. We have a factory in Ohio. Little Tex is a factory that's been there for over 50 years. The largest standing toy factory in America for the past 50 years. And now we cannot get labor because the immigrant labor has uh, dried up uh, because of many reasons, as I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know about. Uh, So, but I think manufacturing is going to come back here. My my biggest concern, Liz, is, again, we deal with children. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but... Over 22 million children in the USA depend on free or reduced price lunch that they receive at school. Now that the schools are closed, how do these kids get fed? And, you know, it reminds me when I was 17 and I was so hungry. And I wouldn't spend any of that 25 Mm -hmm. quarters that Mm -hmm. I have. And my heart goes to children. And so this is what I'm really concerned about. We are, uh, as the as the virus is flattening, we are going to turn this operation, uh, Pac-Man to really bring in and feed the children. Not only in USA, worldwide, mm-hmm. worldwide. I, I, I mean, three million children die every year from malnutrition. It, it is the statistics is inc- is incredible. Incredible. I mean, can you imagine USA, the biggest country in the world, 22 million children going hungry? It's uh, it's unbelievable. And now with the unemployment that will happen, and the economy in recession, the food insecurity will rise even more. And these are these children are my customers.
0: Isaac, when. When you think back to your time in Iran, you are exactly what we love from immigrants. People who left a, a much worse situation, they come to America with the dream, but they're willing to work for it. President Trump is considering banning immigration right now due to, he says, the coronavirus. What do you think about that?
1: I. Frankly, I do not agree with that. This is a country of immigrants. I mean, Mr. Trump himself is a grandson of an immigrant. And two of his uh, wives, the current one and the previous one, were both yeah. immigrant. So I, I really don't understand it. I don't agree with it. When you look at, uh, again, uh, uh, Jet Proportion Laboratory or NASA, Over 30 percent, over 30 percent of scientists of JPL are of Iranian descent. Can you imagine if they were not here? They would be in a different country. What would have happened? So I think we got to look long term. I think this is the land America was started by immigrants. I mean, we are none of us, none of us here. Going back to Washington, George Washington till now are uh, uh, Indian Americans. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we got to keep that DNA in our in our life. And I'm disappointed that he's banning immigration. Frankly.
0: Iran right now. Any family left there? And how do you feel about the fact that these wonderful people? And I I happen to having been. Uh, raised in in los angeles when the shah fell obviously a lot of wonderful persians came they fled then came to los angeles and i love this culture i really love this culture a lot of them who fled though were jewish what about the melding of that culture and what do you see there?
1: well you know Iran is a very, very, very old civilization and this current regime is not representative of the Iranian people Iranian culture Uh, the fanaticism which is there was imported from Arab Mm -hmm. countries you know Persians were Zartushtians to begin with and they were forced to convert uh, to different to Islam basically and I am—I have a lot of great Muslim friends uh, incredible friends, some of my best friends are Muslims but they are not all the same it was, and then when you look at the Jews in Iran the Jews in Iran lived there for over 2500 years and, uh, and even now lives, I don't know if you knew this or not Iran is the only country in the Middle East which still has a Jewish population. No other Middle Eastern country except, of course, mm-hmm. Israel has them. They have, the Iranians have always been tolerant of the Jews because we've been there for over 2,500 yeah. years. And the Iranian people, Iranian culture is wonderful, wonderful. This is the regime and what they do is not reflective of the Iranian people. And you know Iranians as a whole are very, very hospitable. You go tomorrow to Iran, any any neighbor will ask you who, who you don't. Who, any stranger will see you, will who, who doesn't know even who you are, will ask you to please come over for oh. dinner. Or so they. It's an incredible culture. Iranian people, majority of Iranian people, unfortunately, are stuck in this situation. But, uh, you know, as they say, I, I took 10-day silent meditation in uh, India called, uh, Vipassana. One of the things that they teach you in Vipassana is nothing is permanent. So, <laughs> this shall pass. The coronavirus will pass. The ty- tyranny, tyrannical regimes all over the Middle East, Middle East. Eventually, we'll fall.
0: I am so lucky to know you, and I am so lucky that my Everyone Talks to Liz listeners have just been introduced to one of the most inspiring people I personally have ever had the pleasure and the luck to somehow get to know. I can't wait to meet you in person one day, Isaac. Please, let's make that happen.
1: For sure, Liz. Thank you so much. You be safe, and I love your program, I love uh, your tweets. And <laughs> I watch it. I watch it all the time. You're funny, you're weary, and you're great.
0: Isaac Larian of MGA Entertainment. Buy his toys because his heart is pure gold, and he will turn that profit to help people in other countries and in the United States, as he's doing right now with Operation Pac-Man. Isaac Larian, we'll talk soon. And thank you all so much for listening to Everyone Talks to Liz. Spread the word come on, you're telling me that story didn't just make you feel like, you know what? It's bad what we're going through, but look at what he made it through. So we know that all of these stories are hopefully life-changing and inspirational and aspirational. And in the meantime, when you make that money, you got to be making sure that you invest it properly. So stay tuned Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern to the claim and countdown. It's the final hour of trade on the Fox Business Network. I'll see you next time.